Good morning, First Covenant and friends. We're coming at you live from here in the Eastridge neighborhood. We're sorry that you can't be here with us in person, but we're happy to be with you in spirit and online, and we're happy to be able to provide this worship time uh, so that we can all stay connected to each other and stay connected to the God of the universe who we love and who loves us. Um, let's sing some together, um, and then we'll have a couple of messages, and let's just uh, have a really fun time enjoying each other's company. Uh, feel free to comment online as you're watching. Uh, let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Let us know what's going on with you guys. Um, the pastors will be watching your comments as we're going through the service, and so Let's sing together as we get started this morning.
us the peace to know that you are the eternal one, that we just need to follow you, and we can follow you to eternity. We thank you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I want to invite you into a responsive reading with me. You can find it on the screen behind me, or you can see it on the email that was sent out a little bit ago. We've included it there as well. God of the present moment, God who stills the storm, who, God who in Jesus stills the storm and soothes the frantic heart, bring hope and courage to all who wait or work in uncertainty. Bring hope that you will make them the equal of whatever lies ahead. Bring them courage to endure what cannot be avoided, for your will is health and wholeness. Together, you are God, and we need you. Amen. I'm going to invite the parents to take a step back, and kids, I want you to take a step closer to the screen so that we can have our time together for the children's message. And I'm going to ask one of my helpers here at, at First Covenant in the sanctuary um, that to bring that into real time for me so that I can see the answers that parents post in just a minute. Okay, kids. Parents, sit back. Kids, lean in a little bit closer. How would your life look if you were encouraging and loving? What would our church look like if we were humble and loving and we always considered other people more important than ourselves? Well, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find that to be a really hard thing to do. My natural instinct always is to think about what would benefit me I'm always wanting to think about me, 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 but I know that God wants us to think about the interests of other people. You see, God created us not only to be in relationship with God, but also to be in relationship with each other. So we have to think about each other too. So I'm going to show you something this morning. Tell me what you see. Do you see this round bike wheel? Is that what you see? Okay. For moms and dads. This is a short history lesson on how the Enneagram came to be. But for the kids, it's a bike wheel. And what I want you to do is pretend that this bike wheel is all of our spiritual journeys. This is our relationship with God. And I'm here, and this is God in the center. So as I grow closer to God, I get closer and closer to God. And over here is Isabel, and she's growing closer to God. And over here is Luke. And he's going to grow closer to God. And here's Allie. And she's growing closer to God. And each one of us, over time, is growing closer to God. But we're all out here, right? And we're all on this journey. And as we travel closer to God, Isabel was here, I think, and Luke was here. What happens? Isabel and Luke, as they get closer to God, they also get closer to each other. And we get closer to each other, we, and the closer we are, we have to think about each other and be kind and care for one another. And that's what we want to talk about today. So we're going to put this into practice. 
I talked to your parents ahead of time about this and they have, I know you're all dying to know what's in that present, don't open it yet, but um, moms and dads and parents have given some tools that will make you, um, they're not gonna make you a Christian, but they sure will help you to live the way that God wants you to live. And so everyone get that present ready. Every child hopefully has a present that's wrapped. You don't know what's inside. Just hang on to it and when I count to three, we'll unwrap those gifts and see what's inside. You ready? One, two, three. Open it up. Let me see what you have. Hold it up and show it to me. Moms and dads, why don't you send me a message right now so I know what the kids got. What do you have? Do you know what it is? Does it look at all? Does it look like this? Or maybe it looks like this or this. Okay, tell me, what do you have? I wanna know what was inside your present. Did anyone get a toilet bowl brush? Let me see, what do we have? Oh, I know some of you are not very impressed, are you? I'm sorry. Dish soap. Ah, I see that one of the Staswick boys got some cleaning spray and some dish soap. What else did you guys get? Ooh, a dustpan and a broom. And I know there's some dust rags out there. Did anyone get a sponge? Maybe you're not. Now, these things, how do they make you a better follower of Jesus? Cleanliness is not next to godliness, so that's not the answer. These things help us in our walk with God because they help us to serve other people. If we're growing closer to God, like remember the wheel? If we're growing closer to God and we're growing closer to each other, we want to serve God and we want to serve each other. So if we're growing closer to God and we're going closer to other people, then our lives end up help actually reaching other people and interacting with them. So would it, what would it be like if you helped your mom clean the bathroom? Would it be helpful if you helped dad with the dishes? Jesus was the perfect example of this. Right before he died, he washed all of his disciples' feet. And I know that doesn't mean a whole lot to us today, but imagine if we didn't have cars and we had to walk everywhere, and sometimes it was dusty and hot and sweaty. Maybe it rained and then the roads were muddy and we walked everywhere without shoes or without cars. Your feet would get hot and sweaty and yucky. Your feet would be gross, nasty. The servants in people's houses back then had to clean people's feet. And it was the lowest, most disgusting job they had. Today, it would probably be like having to go and clean someone else's toilet. But Jesus did it. Jesus with, was God with skin on, and he was the one who did the ickiest jobs out there. Why did Jesus serve other people? Because he always considered others more important than himself. Jesus was a true servant. So, this week, I'm challenging you to help with cleaning around your house as a way to serve your mom and serve your dad. So, and this, when you volunteer to help with some of the cleaning, this is different than doing chores. Chores are a requirement, but volunteering to help is something that you do out of love 
for other people. You can help a brother or a sister or a mom or a dad while you're in your house. And who are we supposed to serve? You just gotta think about the wheel. We serve all other people. Some people have great needs and we can serve them. And some people, we can serve our families, our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our friends. Let's all try to find a way to serve our families this week. Thanks for participating with me in the children's sermon this morning. Hey everyone, I'm Pastor Evan and I'm happy to be here this morning. That was good stuff, wasn't it? Sometimes when we serve Jesus, unexpected things might happen. I hope that was the takeaway this morning, among many other things for you kids and grown-ups. I want to read our scripture reading this morning. It comes from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. It's Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. And on his way home, uh, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. Uh, the man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in the chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, and heard the man reading the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus Christ. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way, rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns, until he reached Caesarea. Our title today of the message is Serve Expectantly, and the takeaway I hope we can hear from the message or the scripture this morning is that when we faithfully serve in the name of Jesus, we may discover that God's Holy Spirit will give us new and unexpected opportunities. This is Acts chapter 8 that we're in when all of a sudden things change in the early church. Up until this point for the first seven chapters of the book of Acts, 
the church has been in Jerusalem, ministering in Jerusalem as Jesus' followers, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, teaching what Jesus and the apostles taught, growing. They were healing. They were releasing people from demons. They were caring for those within their ranks and those outside, their neighbors and friends. They were giving to make sure that that could happen and contributing to the cause of the way, the early church. They were baptizing believers and bringing them in to the church. Those were all good things, but they also faced a problem in this moment in that in their faithfulness, they were beginning to get comfortable with where they were ministering in their situation. They were in Jerusalem. They were doing good work, but they were comfortable with that. And I want to point out comfort isn't a bad thing. In fact, it's quite good. Many of you are watching from the comfort of your home this morning, and that's a positive. However, there are many times when we can be comfortable, and yet God is calling us to something more than what we're currently doing. And God often calls us to something more for our own good and especially for God's glory. So the church was in Jerusalem doing good work. The reason that that's an issue and a problem is that Jesus, right before he ascended, in Acts 1-8, had said this. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so at this point, they're doing a great job here in Jerusalem, but they have not gone to Judea, Samaria, or the ends of the earth. And we should recognize that what happened to get them out of Jerusalem was not what they would have wanted or asked for, but it was a crisis that finally gets them to move out and take the message farther than Jerusalem. At the end of chapter 7 of Acts, Stephen was martyred, and then a persecution begins, and people begin to scatter in Jerusalem to escape the persecution, and the message begins to leave the city. And so the church we should recognize was being faithful in Jerusalem. They were not at all being unfaithful. They were following what Jesus had asked them to do to take the message out into Jerusalem. The problem wasn't their unfaithfulness. The problem was that they were only focused on the mission at home up until this point. Even in Jerusalem, they did good work of taking the good news of Jesus out in word and deed. This is what God wanted, what Jesus had asked them to do. But then a crisis comes, and a change in their ministry has to take place. And we should recognize as well that when crisis happens, when persecution came, the church might have been surprised, but God wasn't. God wasn't surprised because God's Holy Spirit had been at work in Jerusalem and was already at work outside of Jerusalem. This was not a shock to God. And the good news for the church in Jerusalem was that just as they had been faithful in their work in Jerusalem, in revealing the good news in word and deed, they could do the same thing now faithfully outside of Jerusalem as the message spread. And so in one of these first incidents in Acts 8 where they actually take the message out, we see Philip in a, in a particular situation where the Holy Spirit is leading him away from Jerusalem, I want to look at three ways that the Holy Spirit works in this passage. And we get an easy glimpse in that because it tells us in the text that the Spirit did this. The first one comes from Acts uh, 8, verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, 
goes south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And when it says angel of the Lord here, it most likely means the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in the later verses. It's pointing to the same uh, voice speaking to Philip. Philip, up until this point, had been faithful. As he left Jerusalem, he went to Samaria, and he was faithful there, fulfilling Acts 1a. And now he was going to go through Judea on his way who knows where. He didn't know what he, the Holy Spirit was calling him exactly to meet or to do, just that the Spirit was calling him to follow that road. And I think we can recognize something about the Holy Spirit and about God's work through the Holy Spirit that in times of uncertainty, it is important to have our eyes on what God will do because as we walk down new paths in faithfulness, God will open up new opportunities. Even if we're uncertain about what exactly we're being called to by God, even in our uncertainty, God will act, God will lead, and God will guide. Philip didn't know exactly where he was going to go. He just knew he was called to go. Second place we run into the work of the Spirit is Acts 8.29, where the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And now he runs into the Ethiopian eunuch sitting in that chariot. The Ethiopian eunuch, when we hear that word, uh, the, it's not speaking of modern-day Ethiopia. It's speaking of what's the upper Nile region in Africa, so modern-day southern Egypt and Sudan is what that's talking about. In biblical terms, look for Cush in the Old Testament, and that's the land you're talking about. This man was a high-level, uh, trusted official in the queen's court, or serving the office of the queen, basically, the treasurer. He was a trusted individual. And he was reading, he was spiritually hungry, reading Isaiah 53, 7 through 8, the suffering servant passage, prophesying Jesus 700 years before he came. And so now you can see something about Philip. Let me show you what's happened so far. You see, at this point, Philip and the early church were in Jerusalem. And then Philip went up and reached out to Samaria, just north of Jerusalem. And now... Philip has been asked to follow this little road right here through Judea. So from Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea. And now he runs into the Ethiopian eunuch, which brings us to the beginning of the ends of the earth and the gospel going that far. And right about here is where they believe the baptism happened. So you can see that we can check this off now that the gospel had gone to Jerusalem. Now the gospel was going to Judea, Samaria, and reaching the ends of the earth, all in a short period of time, all because this crisis happened. But one other thing we should notice right here in the text is that the Holy Spirit wasn't just working with Philip. The Holy Spirit was working with the Ethiopian eunuch and moving his heart as well to be receptive to the good news. And that leads us to a question I think we can ask ourselves. Is it possible that in our present moment, the Holy Spirit is working in you and is working in your neighbors and friends and family who are near and far from God so that the good news of Jesus Christ reaches further than it would have under more comfortable circumstances? By no means am I suggesting that God inflicted this on us or brought this specifically for that purpose. I'm not saying that at all. 
But I am asking the question, when we're in a difficult moment like this, is it possible that God can work, and can we ask ourselves, how can I be a part of bringing glory to God in this moment, and working as his hands and feet? See, we have a unique moment not only to proclaim the good news, but also to demonstrate the good news of Jesus Christ to a world in need. As just a couple illustrations of this, last week as we did our first fully online service, uh, a couple people reflected to me that uh, they invited people to join us. Uh, just from two conversations I had, there were 16 people I can tally up that were invited just from two people. I know there were others, and I know a number of these invitations only could have happened because we were doing church this way. This moment has caused us to have to innovate, but then in that innovation, we've also taken the opportunity to bring others in that we couldn't have included maybe before. Folks, we've left Jerusalem. I can think of another example even from this week when the weather got nicer at the beginning of the week. Stephanie, my wife, and I took an early evening walk through our neighborhood practicing social distance as everybody else in the neighborhood was out enjoying the good weather because they were tired of being cooped up and were waving to people across the street and talking from at least six feet away and doing all the stuff you're supposed to do. And we ran into a neighbor that we're somewhat connected with but hadn't really gotten to know in any real way. And in just short conversation, we realized that this situation has caused new needs to happen in their life and they needed some help. And before the end of the conversation, we're trading phone numbers with this person to say, hey, we can help you. Let us know when you need that help and how you need that help. Let's stay in communication. A contact that most likely wouldn't have happened except that we had this new circumstance where we could help and they needed the help. Folks, we've left Jerusalem. And I've heard many other stories like this where we can minister in new ways and be the hands and feet of Jesus in new ways because of the moment we're in. Last moment that the Spirit works in the text is verse 39. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. The eunuch now heads off home, baptized, believing, rejoicing, taking the good news with him to the ends of the earth. And so in one chapter of the book of Acts, Jesus' message had left Jerusalem, had gone through Samaria, through Judea, and in one baptism was now headed to the ends of the earth. All this is a great example of what Jesus wants from his church. He wants Jesus followers who make Jesus followers, disciples who create disciples, serving in his world as his hands and feet. When we faithfully serve in the name of Jesus, we may discover that God's Holy Spirit will give us new and unexpected opportunities to reach new people that we never would have reached before in new ways to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we proclaim the good news in word and in deed. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you are good. And that no matter the circumstances, you're prepared. You're not surprised or thrown off when difficulty happens. You're not surprised or thrown off when there's a crisis. You are good through it all. You walk through it all with us. And you also 
call us to something higher in those moments. And we can bring you glory even in the most difficult times. We can demonstrate your good news even when it seems like things are bad. God, help us be your hands and feet. Help us respond to the work of your Holy Spirit today and throughout this next week. That when needs arise, people would see beyond us and see you as we serve. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus, who loved us enough to serve us. Amen.
feet on just a couple of things, uh, announcements this morning before we close out. Uh, one is if you want to get engaged in helping people and being the hands and feet of Jesus, we have set up circles of care within the congregation, but we still uh, would love to have people sign up to be people that can run errands, groceries, that kind of thing when needs arise. We're calling it the Care Force. You can sign up for that on our website. Look for the latest news tab. It's the second one in on our website. The Care Force is what you're looking for. Uh, secondly, share this content. You know, if you were blessed this morning, share the content so others can be encouraged and blessed by it as well. We know a lot of people are uh, have a church home that's able to stream online, but there are many that don't, and we want to be a blessing in this time when not everybody can get to church or get on uh, to, to see their own church home. Secondly, uh, invite someone to church next week. We know plenty of people have invited, so feel free to share the love that way too when we go live next week. The other thing is if you want to give uh, to support the ministry at this time, you can give online. You can send in a check. You can use bill pay on your phone. If you go online, there's a give tab at the top. You can do it on your phone or a PC or whatever you happen to be using to get online. Finally, hear these words of blessing as we close today. Be on the lookout. The Holy Spirit is at work in our community in Lincoln. How will the Holy Spirit use you this week to serve in Jesus' name? Go in peace.